Hi and welcome to FinTalks, a chat with Finance Malta. Uh, this is Matthew Bianchi and I'm the Deputy Governor of Finance Malta here. Today with our guests um, Elizabeth Carbonaro from MIMA, the Malta Insurance Managers Association, and John Tortel, who's a broker in the market, active in the PCC world. Why PCCs? Because today's chat is going to be about PCCs and innovation around PCCs. Um, I mean, just to start off, um, the the big innovation for sure about PCCs is simply the fact that Malta has managed to dovetail, you know, the PCC legislation, protected cell company legislation, into into our mainstream legislation, mainstream company law and mainstream uh, insurance law. We are, you know, probably the only jurisdiction in the EU at the moment with PCC legislation, and uh, Liz and John will tell us a bit about this later. And what's fascinating is that we're probably the only jurisdiction in the world that has managed to bring PCC legislation in, both for, uh, for insurers as well as for intermediaries. And intermediaries, you're dealing with the broker space and you're dealing with, um, with the insurance managers. And the truth is, you know, if you look at the list of licensees on the MFSA website, you see that we actually have each of those. So lots of uh, insurance undertakings, and Liz will tell us a bit about that soon a few brokers and one or two insurance managers. Um, I suppose, Liz, over to you to tell us a bit about, you know, where the innovations lie in the PCC market for insurance undertaking. Thanks, Matt. Um, I think if we had to look at it from an innovation, starting off with that, the uh, a PCC is like any other insurance entity. One of the, the main differences, though, is that uh, the cell, the cells themselves can act as mini insurance companies. So that effectively means that the cell itself is a insurance standalone vehicle on its own, not necessarily from a legal point of view, but definitely from an operational point of view. So this allows um, investors to utilize a structure in order to have different entities attaching onto that same structure. So as an example, you can have a PCC structure which can have captive business. So you can have one cell which is writing captive business of a particular group, and you can have another cell which is writing affinity business or um, direct writing risk. So you've got an accumulation of different types of uh, of insurances within a similar structure. And each with different each interests. With different interests. That's exactly, that's the main benefit, that you, you have your central core, which is the main provider from a, a regulatory point of view and a legal point of view, and then you've got the different cells which sit below below the main, the main item. Where do we see the biggest benefits? One is clearly we are working in a Solvency II regime. Um, it is quite... Um, robust. It's a very robust regime, both from a capital point of view and from a governance point of view. So the biggest benefit from a governance point of view is that the cells themselves um, can rest on the robustness of the core. So things like compliance function, like risk management function, like actuarial function, sit within the core which um, allows an element of expertise to then be, be spread along the various cells. The um, other main aspect is the capital. From a capital point of view, the PCC as a whole needs to be solvent under Solvency 2, clearly. The cells um, need to be solvent or are 
tends to be required to be solvent in their own right. But what that means is they do not actually need a minimum capital. Whereas within Solvency 2, there is a requirement for a minimum capital. Which is why you're calling them mini insurance Which is Exactly, which is why we call them mini insurance companies. Where is the innovation and what are we seeing at the moment? So at the moment, from, a, from an overall insurance market point of view, we're looking at a hardening market, we're looking at a reduction in capacity, we're looking at um, reduction in D&O, we're looking at reduction in, in PI kind of covers, even hardening market in property. So what this means is um, we are looking at and we're seeing a number of groups that want to utilize um, a cell for their captive business and it allows them, the flexibility of the cell allows them to be much more cost effective and more cost efficient. In fact, if we look at it both from a malt and I think even offshore, um, we're seeing cells really, really taking up a lot of the captive space. Another area which I think is probably where there's an innovation, certainly from the European point of view and certainly not from an offshore point of view, is the idea of utilising cells for inshore tech type affinity style businesses where you have simple policies, mobile handsets, extended warranty, pet insurance, things which aren't necessarily complex, where they sit perfectly within a cell because they are relatively short day, where the policies themselves are structured simple policies and where therefore the the cell structure is ideal because again it is much more cost effective the cell owners are able to benefit from the know-how um, within the core itself and the cores will tend to be funded either by the big brokers you know by the you know the marshes the willises the aeons of this world along with a whole lot of other different um, uh, groups and they're able to benefit um, take advantage of the economies of scale so if you look at that sort of as, a, as an incubator for a mini insurer, do you see things evolve and do they yes. eventually become insurance Yes, companies? in fact, that is another thing which we, which we are seeing. So they do act as an incubator because you might, you might look at and say, I want to you know, step into the idea of a captive, step, in, step into the idea of an insurance company. You might not necessarily have the know-how, so you're leveraging off that experience. And then three or four years down the line, you might decide to convert that cell into a standalone company. And I mean, we have actually seen that in Malta. So we have seen a couple of cells which have actually, you know, they're no longer cells. They're now operating as standalone um, insurance companies. And that again is also, I think, for the, I think that's pretty innovative because it allows people to gain the experience. It allows the shareholders to understand what actually having an insurance company or a captive is. Um, and it gives them the flexibility to expand their own strategy independent then so you of, sort of, of dip your toes and then you can go. exactly dip your toes in which you mentioned the insurtech market i mean is that something that's caught on or is catching on or something we're anticipating will happen in, in this sense um we're seeing interest in that um when we talk about insurtech we're also talking about you know the ability to you know to, to write policies across the internet the facility and the cell is perfect is perfect for that where you've got the systems which are in almost outside of the outside of the PCC itself, um, and the distribution is then done via the systems, which would belong most cases either to the shareholders or to partners of the shareholders. And presumably, the people looking to set up these sales don't have the insurance expertise, so they feed off. Exactly, they will not have the insurance expertise, or they might have the insurance expertise, but they might, you know, they might have a small portfolio, for example, and therefore they don't, they are not ready 
you know, the, the return on capital of investing, you know, the minimum required maybe doesn't make it financially feasible. So there is also that as well. It's a mix of both. Um, obviously, as they grow, then, you know, clearly then the capital is required, even from a cellular point of view. But it does allow a stepping stone in two ways. One, from a capital and two, from an experience expertise. expertise. Um, John, maybe if you want to give us an overview from the intermediary. In the intermediary side. sector, the uniqueness is even more accentuated because Malta is the, probably the only country in the world that included intermediaries in the PCC legislation. There's no other domicile. Uh, that's probably the single biggest The single biggest uh, part of the law that, that is unique to Malta and unique to the model because at the end of the day, the cell relies on the core for its accounting, compliance services, internal audit, passporting also as one legal entity. So the substance does retain and remain in Malta. And also the underwriting facility is also now being used in Malta. And as you said before, with technology the way it is, today underwriters and clients can actually talk together via the cell on an IT platform. So, you know, the, the IT actually gets people into more of a hub concept. Um, How does the model vary from your insurance model, though, with brokers? Because presumably a broker is intermediating, so there's more there's more face-to-face contact, no? So how yes. does that change from the, the insurer? In fact, the owner is involved in mainly that aspect also, where, where brokers are seconded from the... Um, from the mother company to operate and give some advice to clients in the in in the cell concept, which is mainly more than direct consumer contact. It's more wholesale broking contact, broker to broker. I see. So the cell model works better when it's yes. broker to broker than yes. broker to consumer. Yes, yes, and and also in in risks that are more commercial to marine high end large risks than motor risks, personal lines risks. So would you describe it as sort of a, almost a plug and play model where people can come with their business, plug into your model and then they can continue yes. to function? In fact, it is a plug and play model and it worked as an example in the Brexit situation where UK brokers had small European portfolios they needed to retain within the group, which also retained the branding because the sale also retains the branding for the group. So you could have a cell which has an ABC. So maybe brand. the distinction here, if you were to compare, um, you know, Liz's model. So when we talk about insurers to brokers, is that the broker remains a broker and plugs into you, whereas an insurer is starting afresh and establishing. He doesn't necessarily have a network of insurers. It's his. Or it's, it is. It's, it's exactly. It is his network of insurers. So if you had to you know, move on from what John said, you could find somebody who's uh, um, intermediating across Europe or has his own uh, intermediary somewhere outside of Malta, for example, or even in Malta, and they utilize the cell, so they own the cell as their insurer. So effectively what the cell is doing is it's giving the capacity to the intermediaries to actually take on the risk. I think that is probably the fundamental difference between an insurance PCC and intermediary PCC. Because insurer PCC is taking the risk, and that is obviously very clear, which is why there is such a requirement for capital as well, and for, for the governance aspects linked around... 
um, actuarial functions, risk management, etc. What about coming back to John? What what about um, you know how sales are branded? Because if I'm a broker sitting in the Italian or in in the UK or anywhere else in Europe, and I wish to set up you know, a broker selling Malta and I'm branded Matthew Bianchi, presumably I'd want that brand to continue, you know, with yes. my sale here. And How it does can continue. Juxtapose it can with, continue with as long as the law states that the sale has to be defined as a sale. So you have to say Matthew Bianchi sell as part of Jatco Insurance Brokers Limited. Or um, any other broker. Or any other, or any other broker. Or any other broker who is a, who is a PCC sale. Um, uh, so basically you do retain your brand and your clients will also be able to identify you independently within the structure. What about recognition by institutions like Lloyd's or other, you know, big underwriters out there when yes. you're a broker sell and you go to a big Generali or a big, um, uh, yes. you know, AXA or, or, or Lloyd's, what happens then? Do they recognize you as a, the, as a broker? Yes, the sales are recognized by all the major uh, insurers in Europe, including Lloyd's, Lloyd's in Brussels um, and Lloyd's of London. Uh, and I know of uh, PCC structures that have the terms of business arrangements with all the main insurers in Europe. So it's 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 almost it has seamless. been an accepted it is it is a spin off from the from the insurer concept. Yeah. So once they have offered example fronting arrangements for insurer sales, they would they have they were used to that yeah. concept and and are happy to use it. I mean, I think this is the main thing to, to make reference to is that it's um, it's true that um, Malta is the only EU jurisdiction that, that offers PCCs, and this is why, from a European point of view, it's very innovative. However, from a global point of view, PCCs or renter sales or renter captives are a very, very common um, model. model. I mean, you've got them in the US, you've got them in, in a number of different jurisdictions worldwide, and they've been around for a long time. So the, the intermediary is, is, you know, is taking on from, from that as well. You, I mean, I know from the market, you sometimes hear of insurance sales, which are themselves then managed by the parties. So the protected set, do you want to speak a bit about yes, that? Yes, again, I mean, the, ultimately, the, the core will belong to, to uh, um, one main body. Now, that main body, you can call it the primary, primary investor. And there are certain structures in Malta where they are set up specifically as uh, tools to assist clients of of you know the large reinsurance brokers and and brokers, so those in those particular cases, um, they do offer the facility of uh, either you know they manage themselves, so so each cell has to be managed by the core owner, or there are certain others where you know it is a business venture, it is an investment opportunity by a set of investors. And on that basis, they are therefore more flexible vis-a-vis -vis who manages the cells. So yes, there are a number. There are some PCCs where you'll see the PCC belonging to one, you know, one shareholder. Um, some of them even operating in Malta, you know. So they actually write insurance policies in Malta itself. And then um, the cells are owned by third parties and managed by other managers in Malta. Um, it, that really depends on the strategy of the core. So it's both really. And managers. I'm talking about managers because you're here to represent yeah. the managers. Managers are effectively licensed intermediaries and can also be PCCs. 
from yes us. exactly managers all licensed intermediaries and therefore on that basis we ourselves can also be pccs and and there is actually a pcc structure for for insurance managers in malta which again is a massive which again massive is a massive it is because what that also does is via the core it, it allows certain of the administrative tasks to be to be done more efficiently because you you really have one you know once you know one accounts department for argument's sake which is doing the accounts of the core and all the cells so there is an element of efficiency therefore it allows the managers to concentrate on you know those areas where where they feel they have most expertise i think you can see the legislator was really you know doing its best to to open water up to as many opportunities. Um, it was and obviously one of the biggest points as well which i mean john made reference to it which is a substance the fact that the pccs in malta um, are all closely linked to companies that have the substance in malta um, you know, so so the core basically has a substance in Malta. Then that also makes it much more attractive, for a number of reasons. I think one of the big underpinnings, you know, which which you can't talk about, uh, not talk about, would be the fact that we, this is all possible because we can passport our services throughout yes. the EU. So if Malta weren't part of this bigger block, of course, then you know the whole model would be redundant. But the fact that PCCs and insurance companies can passport across the EU is a, obviously a big plus. Um, the other one, and I thought maybe, Liz, you might be able to address this, would be to do with the tax. Because if I'm an investor and I want to invest in a PCC, the first thing I'm going to say is, how does this work? Will I be subject to the same company tax as a company? Or will I look, or will the legislator, the tax man, look specifically yeah. at my profit and loss in myself? I, I, I think I would look, before I look at the tax, I would look at the actual dividends, because the investors are after the dividend, not the payments of the tax. <laughs> You know, that happens obviously not our clients. <laughs> no, that's based on the profits you make. Mm-hmm. But the reality is what the cellular um what the cellular structure does is each cell from a dividend point of view and from a, a corporate tax point of view are deemed to be different, which means each cell will have its own mini profit and loss account. Each investor of that cell will be entitled to the dividends from that cell. There is absolutely no cross-contamination between the cells. So you can have situations where one cell is loss-making, one cell is profit-making. The cell that is loss-making, you know, will obviously not pay tax because it's loss-making, but it can, um, you know, those tax losses will be carried forward. The cell which is profit-making will then um, pay the tax on those profits only on those profits. So what happens in practice is, once the company as a whole, so if you look at a set of audited accounts, you're going to look at a set of audited accounts of a structure as a whole. For tax purposes, the um, the accounts department will basically build up separate mini PNL accounts, which are then submitted to the tax authorities. And the um, every shareholder stacks on the basis of that set of accounts. So you, um, again, in the same way you can have a cell making profits and a cell making losses, the cell that is making losses can carry for you know, those tax losses can be carried forward in Malta, they're carried forward indefinitely. If you're um, if you're making profits, and obviously you need to pay the tax in line with the local you know local tax requirements. So so in actual fact, even though say it's one company with you know segregated pockets, um, for tax purposes, the the law is saying you look at every cell as a separate separate tax. For corporate tax purposes, yes, we are saying it is one company um, from a a board of directors point of view. Governance. There is one board of directors um, that governs and is responsible for the operations of that PCC as a whole. In, in fact, each cell has a separate tax number. 
Yes. Yeah, in fact, John, it, I was going to ask you. Each cell has a separate tax number and is identified individually. Yeah. And is that true to brokers too? So, so even yes, in the definitely. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. The, the legislation was was obviously done under the protected cell legislation, which the benefits are, are granted so to the tax would apply for brokers and, sales, brokers and yeah. managers and managers and managers. And I mean, Liz, Liz um, spoke briefly about you know the the accounting for a sale being separate. Yes. And I'm just wondering, with with a broker in mind now, so the thinking through broker, brokers in receipt of lots of premium and then paying commissions yeah. to reinsurers or insurers, etc. How how would that how would that work? It is the same. Every we have um, we 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 have a Malta. The legislation allows for the separate accounting reporting to the regulator, which is separate also, um, uh, which has to be done separately per cell and uh, on a consolidated basis. Therefore. Everybody has to keep separate books of accounts, separate reconciliations, separate bank accounts, and even with the insurers and the the reinsurers, uh, the sales would have different accounts with each insurer. It could be quite, uh, quite consuming. So, would for instance a commission rate from an insurer from an underwriter yes. be different from one? It sale could to vary the between it, different. As distinct between as the, that. It depends on the owner of the cell, obviously, uh, what their relationship with that particular insurer is. If it's a binding authority, if it is not a binding authority, if it's uh, one thing that comes to mind, I suppose any of you can, any one of you can take this. But what comes to mind is how does the core know about the business of the cells, and um, you know, in practice, what happens? Um, I, mean, I can ask that. In practice, what happens is it is really the core that is responsible to set up the cell. So when there is an application which goes through to the MFSA to set up the cell, and to be really clear from a local point of view, the setup of a cell is similar to the setup of any other standard insurance company. So there is a scheme of operations and therefore a business plan which goes through the MFSA. It is that business plan would first go to the board of directors. The board of directors decide or otherwise to take on the sale based on the strength of that business plan. And then it is the board of directors that will submit that plan. So they will be submitting it in line, obviously, and along with the promoter, but they are very actively involved in it. What will then happen is the PCC, so each cell can or cannot set up its own cell committee. That really depends entirely on, on each individual shareholder. There and are some. A cell committee would be something the cell does or the board does? It is what a cell committee would be. It is normally decided um, as part of the process of onboarding a cell. The cell shareholders and the, and the core and the, rather than the PCC will agree whether or not a cell committee is required for certain businesses. Um, uh, it could be required. The cell committee, for all intents and purposes, is effectively a management committee. Um, and it is that person that monitors the accounts, that, you know, um, would look at compliance for the cell, would look at the risk management for the cell. It is, a, it is, it is an executive oversight. committee. It's an oversight committee. And it will normally have a representative of the core, so one of the, the board or someone representing the board. It will have a representative of the promoter. Um, so of the cell owner, and it will normally have a representative of the manager as well. And it is managed in that manner. So what would happen is, if I was looking at it from you know the way we operate, so my finance people um, would send the cell accounts to the shareholder, and that is one set of reporting for the shareholder to know how its business is operating. And that same set of accounts would then go to the core. And that is then discussed and brought up to the board as part of the normal discussions of any other board. 
and clearly the directors therefore have oversight via the report that it receives. Now, the granularity of the reporting really depends on each individual PCC, it depends on a number of cells, I suppose it depends on the risks as well, you know. So it's sort of consultative and an oversight. Well, yes, oversight. because ultimately it is the board of directors that is taking responsibility. So when you are looking at, you know, basic things like, you know, the approval of the financial statements, it is the board which approves it. It obviously gets the approval from the shareholders as well because they work in tandem. But it is the board's responsibility. If you're entering into an agreement, it is the the PCC on behalf of the cell which is entering into that agreement. So it is the board's responsibility. The, the judicial representation rests with the board. Makes and sense. that belongs to the core. In the case of, of the intermediary, the cell would also have an identified person, as we call it, as the registered mm. insurance broker. So that person is the main person who's responsible for the local operation. But is part of the, like what you say, yeah. is part of a committee yeah. that is managing also that cell. Uh, but it, it does the same mm. functions, as you say, which is the, yeah. the compliance, nice. the accounting. They would all be separate, which and then all dovetail and report into the court. So really at the level of, you know, governance, it's very similar. But then, you know, in practice, one is dealing with broking and the other is dealing with underwriting and the and yes. management of this. If yeah. I look at it from a, from a cell point of view, for example, specifically for a captive cell. So let's say you've got a captive which is writing a, you know, property and business interruption policy. It renews annually. Um, you, you know, you tend to take uh, the the exposure tends to be to the larger risks so you will have a not you know there isn't a frequency of claims you would invariably you you know you probably would have a cell committee but it would meet maybe once a year twice a year once a year to go to the renewal halfway through the year to go through the results and to start maybe looking at the orsa but unlike a normal standalone captive where you would have to have the four board meetings where people need to fly over to malta for substance you know where there is that expectation of decisions taken in malta not expectation, a reality of decisions have to be taken in the country where the, where the insurer is. With, with the cell, you've got a bit more flexibility um, because the cell is a management body. Um, uh, so you have efficiencies in that way as well. You can manage it a bit, a bit more fluidly than you would a normal standalone company. John, would you like to add anything before yeah, we wrap in, up? Because in in the intermediary sector, there's obviously a bit more advice and, and an advisory process. So there's more connection between the... So the management yeah. committee needs to meet at least every quarter and on a daily, daily on a you know weekly basis. There's always that interaction with the owner of the cell yeah. because there are policies obviously always because coming they're in, in the know-how and they're feeding in the know-how also yeah. in that particular sector. Okay, thank you both for being with us this morning. Pleasure. And um, uh, I think we've exhausted, you know, innovation and, and PCCs, but we'll be glad to have you again on another day if we pick another topic to discuss. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Thank you very much.